The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Foundation regrets are, if only I'd done the work. Boldness regrets are, if only I'd taken the chance. Moral regrets are, if only I'd done the right thing. Connection regrets are, if only I'd reached out. And these tell us something. I mean, they are a reverse image of what people want out of life. Welcome back to the Next Big Idea Daily, the show where we give you brief daily lessons on how to live your life better and smarter. All this week, we're talking about The Power of Regret with author Dan Pink. For his book, The Power of Regret, Dan worked with a team of survey research experts in 2020 to create the American Regret Project and the World Regret Survey. Between these two studies, he collected more than 20,000 regrets from people in 105 countries. Dan and his team analyzed the results, they categorized them, and what they found was that most of what we regret falls into one of four types, and that by looking at our regrets and seeing what kind they are, we can get a clearer picture of our values and the kind of life we want to lead. Beginning with George Gallup in 1949, pollsters and professors have tried to determine what people regret. Do they have career regrets, education regrets, romance regrets, health regrets, family regrets, financial regrets? And since the mid-20th century, their answer has been unsatisfying. People regret a lot of stuff. No domain predominates. But I think I figured out the riddle. What's visible and easy to describe the realms of life, such as family, school, and work, is far less significant than a hidden architecture of motivation and aspiration that lies beneath it. In analyzing 15,000 regrets from people in 105 countries, I've found that people seem to express the same four core regrets, irrespective of the domain of their life. One is foundation regrets. Many of our education, financial, and health regrets are actually different outward expressions of the same core regret, our failure to be responsible, conscientious, or prudent. Our lives need some basic level of stability. The second category, boldness regrets. A stable platform for our lives is necessary, but not sufficient. One of the sturdiest findings in the academic research and my own, is that over time, we are much more likely to regret the chances we didn't take than the chances we did. Third, moral regrets. Most of us want to be good people, yet we often face choices that tempt us to take the low road. When we behave poorly or compromise our belief in our own goodness, regret can build and then persist. Finally, connection regrets. Our actions give our life direction, but other people give those lives purpose. A massive number of human regrets stem from our failure to recognize and honor this principle. Connection regrets arise anytime we neglect the people who help establish our own sense of wholeness. When those relationships fray or disappear or never develop, we feel an abiding loss. Foundation regrets, boldness regrets, moral regrets, connection regrets, these are the four core regrets that people express. My first question is, do we all experience all of these, or do some of us tend to have one type of regret more than the other types? 
I don't know the answer to that, mm -hmm. whether we all have all of them. Uh, and again, I want to show my work here. Uh, as I mentioned, I collected these regrets from all over the world, 25,000, over 25,000 of them now. But it's not, it wasn't a random sample. And, you know, people were invited and they could submit if they wanted to or not. Now, the volume of regrets tells us a lot. But mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't think from this evidence we can we can answer that question definitively. Mm -hmm. But we can have a hunch. All right. And so let me review the regrets and then let me tell you what I found. So one okay. regret was what I call foundation regrets. Small decisions that people make early that accumulate to bad outcomes later on. Classic example of this, I spend too much and save too little. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm broke. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't exercise or eat right. And now I'm out of shape. Mm -hmm. So the, again, small decisions that accumulate to bad outcomes. Now, this will be clear when I'll give you the second category, which is boldness regrets. Boldness regrets are about being at a juncture in your life and having two choices, play it safe or take the chance. And overwhelmingly, when people don't take the chance, they regret it. Not all the time, but most of the time. Should I ask out this person or should I just not say anything and avoid any kind of rejection? Mm -hmm. Huge numbers of regrets about that. Huge mm -hmm. numbers of regrets about not asking people out on dates. I mean, mm. astonishing numbers. <laughs> should I, uh, I'm an American college student X years ago. Should I study abroad or should I just play it safe and, and stay living on campus with my friends and not risk going overseas? Ah, oh, I'm going to play it safe. 10 years later, they re regret it. So boldest right. regrets are if only I'd taken the chance. Moral regrets, you're at a juncture in your life. You can do the right thing. You can do the wrong thing. You can take the high road. You can take the low road. And when people take the low road, not everybody, but almost everybody regrets it. Uh, lots of regrets about bullying. Lots of regrets mm. about, about infidelity. And mm. then finally, our connection regrets, which are if only I had reached out, which are about relationships, not only romantic relationships at all, where that, that was intact or should have been intact. You wanted to say something. You wanted to reach out. Mm -hmm. You didn't. And sometimes it's too late. And so mm -hmm. what we have is foundation regrets are, if only I'd done the work. Boldness regrets are, if only I'd taken the chance. Moral regrets are, if only I'd done the right thing. Mm -hmm. Connection regrets are, if only I'd reached out. And these regrets tell us something. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are a reverse image of what people want out of life. Foundation regrets say we want some stability. A good life has stability to it. A good life is not wobbly beneath our feet. Boldness regrets tell us that we want learning and growth and we want to do something before we perish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> More, to put a fine point on it, moral regrets, we want goodness. A good life is when you are good. Yeah. You are true. You are just. And connection regrets are about love. And so going back to this inquiry about what do we value, you can find out what people value in ways other than asking them, what do you value? I'm curious, do you, I don't know how personal do you want to get, do you have any type of regret that comes up a lot for you? I have all kinds of regrets. One of my most prominent regrets and one I've, I've really tried to address are regrets of kindness. There were many situations earlier in my life when I w was in settings where people were not being treated well. And I saw it mm -hmm. and I knew it was wrong mm -hmm. and I didn't do anything. The fact that it still bugs me, that tells me something. That tells me that I value kindness. Now, if I had done a systematic audit of my values, I don't know whether I would have said kindness is something that I value, mm -hmm. but this examining my regrets taught me that actually kindness is something that I value and that I'm going to feel feel better and live better if prospectively I start mm -hmm. acting with greater kindness. And have you also tried retrospectively going back to any people and expressing that regret or trying to I make amends? I haven't, but, I, but I have I've interviewed people who have done that, particularly with regard to bullying. And, and mm -hmm. one of the things that's so interesting about it, again, it's only purely anecdotal, is that 
the bullies often seem much more troubled than the people who were bullied. Interesting. Yeah, but I do think in the book you do talk about, like, you know, once you identify a regret, you might find some action to take to address that very regret, whether it's, you know, you know, your connection regret might be with someone who's passed away, but it might be with someone who's still available to you to connect with. And why not then do it? Why not apologize to the person that you feel that you've morally uh, wronged? So how, how how much time do you think in your, in your research you've looked at this question of actively addressing regrets? Well, I mean, I think we don't know how to do it. And there is an, right. we have science that teaches us how to do this. And, and we can mm-hmm. think about the process pretty systematically. And I've sort of refined a little bit how I look at it. I, I look at it essentially three parts, inward, outward, forward, inward, outward, forward. So inward is you have a regret. How do you deal with yourself? Mm-hmm. You got to deal with yourself first, inward. Examine the regret inward. And a lot of times when we make mistakes, we, the way we talk about ourselves is vicious, our self-talk is cruel. We talk to ourselves in ways that we would often never talk to anybody else. And what the science tells us is something very simple. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has no effect. It's, it's a form of, 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 of moral signaling in a way to ourselves. Mm-hmm. What the research tells us is that we should practice self-compassion, which is the work pioneered by Kristen Neff at the University of Texas. And essentially says, treat yourself with kindness rather than contempt. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't treat yourself better than anybody else, but don't treat yourself worse than anybody else. Uh, Recognize that your mistakes are part of the human condition, that everybody has them, and also that it's a moment in your life, not the full measure of your life. And so when we do that inward, we say, I'm going to treat myself with kindness rather than contempt. I'm going to recognize that this is just a moment in my life, not the entirety of my life. And I'm not that special because everybody has regrets. That Mm -hmm. can relieve things. That allows you to proceed outward. And outward is, there's a very strong case for disclosure, a Mm -hmm. very strong case for disclosure. So there's some very good evidence that writing about our regrets, talking about our regrets, relieves the burden Mm. of them. It is very important in sense-making because negative emotions especially are quite abstract. But when we write about them or talk about them, we convert that abstraction into concrete words, which makes them less menacing. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that, you know, it, disclosing them publicly, we tend to think that people will think less of us when in many cases they think more of us. Mm-hmm. We see that in some of the vulnerability research, too. We think mm-hmm. that, oh, I'm, I, can't, I can't show my vulnerabilities. People will think less of me. And then you show your vulnerabilities and your status goes up because you're honest and authentic. So. Mm-hmm. Outward, strong case for disclosing uh, our, our regrets, um, and even doing it privately. There's some good evidence that if you write about your regrets for 15 minutes a day for three days, mm-hmm. it helps you make sense of them. And then finally, we want to move forward. Okay, we have to extract a lesson from our regrets. Um, uh, that that we, we that that the way that this examination of regret is a prelude to action, mm-hmm. and the actions that we can take are figuring out what we do next. And the way we do that is through some self-distancing. And mm-hmm. when, by self-distancing, what I mean is that we, we we're tend to be not very good at solving our own problems because we're too caught up in the details. We're better at solving other people's problems. So getting some distance is, is helpful. And you can get distance by talking to yourself in the third, per, uh, in the third person. Mm-hmm. What should Dan do? My favorite decision-making heuristic is if you're stuck, ask yourself, what would I tell my best friend to do? Oh, interesting. People always know that. Um, there's a great business example of this with Andy Grove, formerly at Intel, 
former CEO of Intel, said when he was stuck on a business decision, he would ask himself, if I were replaced tomorrow, what would my successor do? Hmm. Um, and that distance allowed him to do that. And so what we want to do is inward, treat ourselves with, with kindness rather than contempt, destigmatize it, outward, write about it, talk about it, and then forward, get some distance and extract a lesson from it that we can apply to the future. And when we do that systematically, we do, we, we, we do better. Well, Dan just laid out a three-step process for dealing with our regrets, self-compassion, self-disclosure, and self-distancing. If you didn't really catch that, don't worry about it. Dan's coming back tomorrow to walk us through this process, a process designed to help you look back at your past so as to help you have a better future. If you're enjoying these episodes, give us a rating and review in your podcast player, which will help others find the show. You won't regret it, and neither will they. I'm Michael Kovnat. See you tomorrow.